0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 100 of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. I'm so excited you're here, and I cannot believe that We're already at episode number 100. I was taking a look back, reflecting on the episodes that we've done, and I've done a few now on financial confidence, and I've noticed that that is a bit of a theme that's woven throughout all of these peaceful productivity podcast episodes, is this idea of becoming more financially confident in what we're doing in order to have a greater impact on our financial situation and the ability to offer our contribution to the world in a way that feels peaceful. So it's been an amazing journey and I'm so glad that we've arrived here together. And on that note, I'd like to kick off a series on financial confidence because I was giving it a lot of thought recently recently. Around what constitutes financial confidence, why do some people have it and some people don't, and how is it related to financial security? Because what I'm starting to realize is the importance of financial security in terms of financial confidence and how the two concepts are interrelated. So that's what I want to share with you today and to kick off our series on financial confidence. I was talking with a friend recently about what financial confidence actually is, and been doing some investigating online and noticed that there's a lot of different definitions. But what I liked about this conversation that I had with my friend is when I asked her if she felt financially confident, she responded, Well, do you mean in terms of my income, in terms of my savings? or in terms of my ability to invest. I thought that was a really great way of looking at it. So I'm gonna use that for this series on financial confidence. So I'd like to dedicate this first episode to generating and growing your income. I'll do the second episode on savings and spending. And then I'll do the third episode on investing. So how do we define financial confidence as it relates to generating an income? I was looking at a bunch of famous examples of people who were able to generate what by some measures would be a successful business income or even a successful employment income. And what I noticed when I was looking at all of these examples is that they had three things in common. Those three things are a belief in themselves, a belief in their offer, and a willingness to engage in trial and error. Let's start with Oprah Winfrey. Oprah is quite famously known for growing up in very challenging circumstances However, as the story goes, she believed in herself and her abilities, which led her to challenge the status quo and become one of the most influential women in the world. Some might say that this was the result of her hard work and dedication, but I would almost suggest that that hard work and dedication came from the belief in herself and what she had to offer. Another famous example is best-selling author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling. She was a single mom living on government assistance before she wrote her books. And as the story goes, she faced rejection from a number of different publishers, but she never gave up on her dream of becoming a successful writer. And again, it was this determination that came from this belief in her work that ultimately paid off. Another famous example is Sarah Blakely. She's the founder of Spanx. She started this business and as rumor has it, she had $5,000 in savings when she started this business. Apparently she faced numerous rejections and challenges in this male-dominated industry. So the question is, how did she continue despite these rejections and challenges. It comes down to her unwavering belief in her product and also her willingness to learn from her failures, which led to the tremendous success of Spanx. A final example is Rachel Ray. She's a celebrity chef known for working with Oprah Winfrey, and she apparently began her culinary career as a cooking instructor. So for those of us who watched her in the beginning, we know that it was her approachable style that really won over the hearts of her viewers, and also her belief in the power of a simple, delicious recipe. So Rachel Ray's vision and her belief in herself to deliver on that vision was what ultimately led her to have her own television show and become a famous cookbook author. So when we talk about belief in self, that doesn't necessarily mean that we believe that we know everything that there is to know in terms of delivering our product or service to the world. It just means that we can figure it out. We have belief in our ability to problem solve, trial, error, and adapt. It comes back to that growth mindset that was made famous. By Carol Dweck in her book Mindset. This ability to understand that we might not have everything that we need in order to be successful, but that we can figure it out through trial and error. I was working with a group of young women recently around this very topic, actually financial confidence. And we were talking about the pressure that they feel in order to figure out their career choices and make a mark early in their career. And they were saying that they experienced quite a bit of pressure around that. And there's also this sentiment around finding your passion and working in your passion. So, needless to say that these young women were really feeling the challenge and the pressure of trying to figure all of this out in a very short time frame. Now, that's something else that I would offer in addition is that the willingness to trial and error, something that you could ask yourself is with what time frame am I willing to commit to trying something, to experimenting with this? There's two features of trial and error, I think, that sometimes get overlooked. We might tell ourselves in the beginning, oh yeah, I'm willing to try this out. But without a defined timeline, we have no basis by which we can go back and measure if we just leave it ambiguous or say something like well i'm going to keep trying until i'm successful even that word success is quite ambiguous so when you're setting financial goals that would be my first tip would be to define what success looks like for you with relation to this goal and give yourself an evaluation time frame so for example, my goal is to earn X amount of dollars over the next three months, and I will evaluate my progress every single week. When you get really clear for yourself around the time frame, it allows you to monitor your progress more easily. This is what I love about weekly coaching calls is because it not only sets up that timeframe for you, it's operating by default. It also gives you an opportunity to reflect on what's working and also to plan for the next week. The second tip that I have in terms of measuring your progress would be to set those metrics at each evaluation time period to determine whether or not you're on track or not. So, for example, if your goal is to have Six clients over the next six months, then you might naturally break down that goal to be one client per month. Once you get to that evaluation time period, you can then look at what's working in terms of that one client, what hasn't worked so far, and what you would like to change in the future. Okay, to summarize, the components of financial confidence that we've talked about this episode are a belief in self a belief in your vision, and a willingness to trial and error. One thing that I'll mention about a belief in self is that I'll often talk to people, young and old, who don't have a belief in themselves because they tell themselves that they've never done it before or that they've tried and it hasn't been successful in the past. So they're using their past experience as evidence of why they can't be successful in the future. I've done this myself and what I've noticed is it's such a limiting belief. When we choose to believe that the reason we can't do something is because we've never done it successfully in the past, we just tend to, because of confirmation bias, look for reasons that reinforce that belief. And so it becomes a negative self-perpetuating cycle. The reason I can't do it is because I haven't done it. And the reason that I haven't done it is because I can't do it. (laughs) So what might surprise people is that you can interrupt that belief cycle. If you're a fan of neuroplasticity, as I am, I see that cycle as being a neural pathway That has just become deeply etched over time. Kind of like a trail in a snowbank that's been well-worn. It can be changed. It's just in the beginning, it's going to take quite a bit of effort. If we use the trail through the snowbank analogy, creating a new neural pathway is like trying to break trail through a really deep snowbank. It's just going to take a little bit of effort and practice. And the more that you practice, the more well-worn that trail becomes and the easier that it becomes. I've done this with a number of different belief systems. I notice that they don't entirely go away, especially those ones that are deeply ingrained from childhood. But what does happen is they're almost like a faint echo And with practice, the new belief system is so much stronger that that echo from the past holds no weight. So if you notice yourself telling yourself that you can't do something and using your past as evidence for the reason why, I'd like to encourage you to take that opportunity to try on a new belief system. One of my favorite ways to do this is when I notice myself thinking, I can't, or I don't know, I replace it with, I could. So if you notice yourself with limiting thoughts, like I don't know how, or I can't, ask yourself, well, what could you do in this situation? And if you ask yourself to brainstorm 10 different options of what could be possible in this situation, your brain will often surprise yourself. Those first couple of brainstorming options might feel really clunky, but the more that you actually engage in this type of creative activity, the more that you'll have access to your prefrontal cortex and the more easily the options will start to flow. And that goes for your belief in your vision as well. So no matter where you're starting out from, we always have a contribution that we can make. At the beginning, it's very tempting to say something like, I've never done this before. I have nothing to offer. I don't have all of the requisite skills. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the experience. And yet all of that is true for all of us at the beginning. So if you remind yourself of another situation where you were at the beginning of your journey and remind yourself that you were able to trial and error, try things out, learn from those experiences and adapt, that is what will help to reinforce your belief in your ability to contribute. I call it the power of self-appreciation. I find that for many of us, we are very easy to judge ourselves and to criticize ourselves, but in terms of self-appreciation, it comes a lot harder. And yet self-appreciation is often the number one tool that allows you to start building belief in yourself and in your contribution. Just like Oprah Winfrey who believed that what she was doing on her talk show was helping people. Or J.K. Rowling, who believed that her story was valuable. Or the founder of Spanx, Sarah Blakely, who believed that her product was valuable to her customers. Or Rachel Ray, who believed that she was helping her viewers by offering them simple, delicious recipes that anyone could cook all of these people believed that what they were doing was ultimately helping people. And from that belief that they could figure it out, that they had a product or service that could help people and a willingness to try things, that's what ultimately led them to financial success. But notice that financial confidence doesn't require you to be successful in order to feel confident, The feeling of financial confidence comes from that belief in yourself, the belief in your vision, and your willingness to trial and error. And that's accessible to you now. Regardless of where you are, that financial confidence is something that you can start to build right now, regardless of what your financial situation looks like. So when it comes to building and growing your income, that belief in the value that you're offering, whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, it's that belief and that willingness to try things out. That's what will ultimately lead to your ability to try different things, take risks and learn from those situations, which then grows your financial skills and your experience, which creates this beautiful cycle of, financial confidence, growing financial success, growing financial confidence. I think Jada Wu said it best in her paper titled Assessing Gender Differences in Financial Literacy in Canada. She published this paper in 2022, and she said, learning by doing generates an internal feedback loop whereby individuals update their knowledge, their skills, their motivation, and their confidence as they gain more financial experiences. So if you're interested in growing your financial confidence and growing your income, my offer to you is to set a small goal and be willing to try something. Look at the time horizon for this goal and take a look at what's working and what's not working on a regular basis. Seek out advice and support where necessary, but most of all, be willing to try something. I mentor a lot of different business people, and sometimes they get stuck in the learning and seeking advice for fear of trying something and risking failure. And so that's why I always like to recommend starting small, but at least starting, trying something There are a lot of different financial experts out there who have lots and lots of education who are still unwilling to try something out for themselves. In learning, there's always the theory and then there's the application. For some of us, the theory is our comfort zone. And if this is you, I'll encourage you to just start small, give yourself a small goal and be willing to trial and error because that's where the real learning is going to happen. If you would like any assistance taking the theory and applying it to your own business situation, I'd love to invite you for a free strategy session. You can find the sign up on my website at financialwellnesscoach.ca. I hope you have a great week, everyone. Take care. Are you looking for a coach who will help you increase your business profit while protecting your time and your well-being? If so, I'll invite you to check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca.